Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Monday, May 2nd. U.S. equity futures are trying to rebound. Um, so you have S&P futures up about 16 points. That's about 40 basis points. NASDAQ futures are up 56 points. That's also about 40 basis points. And then the Dow futures are up 140 points, which again is about 40 basis points. So 40 basis point rebound in U.S. equity futures, um, you know, hardly even begins to offset what happened on Friday. But, uh, you know, I guess it's it's somewhat encouraging. Europe is down about 120 to 190 basis points. Um, you know, remember, U.S. equity futures saw some heavy selling after Europe closed Friday, so Europe was playing catch up to an extent. Um, you know, underperformance in Europe in autos and tech, and then some of the safer haven groups are outperforming. Um, you know, utilities, telecom, staples, etc. Nothing is really trading higher in Europe as far as the major subgroups are concerned. In Asia, you had a bunch of markets that were closed uh, today. So mainland China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan were all closed. You had Japan, Korea, Australia, India, all were open, all traded lower, although the declines were not that dramatic. Japan was essentially unchanged. Um, so just taking a step back, I think markets are kind of grappling with, there are three major macro topics or themes that investors are dealing with, one of which is US inflation and Fed tightening, Russia, Ukraine, and then China um, and the COVID lockdown. So just kind of looking at the, the um, news flow on each of those buckets over the last 72 hours. Um, on the US inflation front, I thought the news on Friday was positive. I think you have seen a peak of inflation for the month of March. The PCE uh, that showed up in the in the headline PCE, but also I think the Dallas, um, the Dallas mean PCE, that's a very dramatic drop in um, the month of March versus February. So you are seeing indications that inflation has peaked. Now, if it were to just plateau at these levels, that really doesn't do much. The Fed still has a lot of tightening to do. So it's going to be critical to watch in the coming months. And you get the first April um, inflation reading in, in two weeks on May 11th. That's going to be the CPI. So that's going to be a very important figure to watch. If that kind of confirms this cycle that, um, you know, this trajectory of inflation, that it is peaking. Now you're kind of in this phase of disinflation that obviously is a big sentiment game changer. It'll be key to the extent of which um, that disinflation, the intensity of the disinflation, if it is, again, if it's very mild, um, it does not, it's not going to change much. But if it does start to move lower um, in the coming months, that obviously I think is a big, uh, a big shift in kind of the macro narrative. So um, obviously, you saw on Friday, it didn't do much for the markets at all. Um, you did have the employment cost index Friday morning, which overshot the street, suggesting that wages are moving higher. That's something the Fed watches very closely as that is the measure by which inflation is going to become entrenched or not. Um, but I think you are seeing a shift in the inflation backdrop. It's just a question now of um, how far from the current peak it, it moves on the downside. Um, on the China front, news is, is very mixed. So you have some mildly encouraging headlines out of Shanghai. Some of the restrictions are being are being eased. You're seeing a variety of different reports about manufacturing coming back online. Remember, Apple said Thursday night that a lot of its manufacturing partners are coming back online. It's a question of how quickly they can ramp back up to full capacity. There are some reports over the weekend of, of various auto manufacturers bringing, um, bringing their production back online. Um, but you, you, know, you had today, the Shanghai case numbers were a little bit of a setback versus the prior two days. 
And then you continue to have you continue to have Beijing, which is avoiding a Shanghai lock, uh, Shanghai like full lockdown, but is still implementing various different restrictions, still conducting mass testing. Um, and then at a bigger picture level, you continue to have the government kind of pursue this zero tolerance approach to COVID, which seems very impossible to actually achieve, given how contagious these new variants are. Um, the most of the rest of the world has moved on from uh, managing COVID case figures and then are managing illness severity and hospital c- capacity. Um, and as a result, you see most of the rest of the world uh, essentially fully reopen, including the U.S. and Europe. Um, but so long as China continues to pursue zero tolerance, you're going to have this be a major risk, um, you know, where a handful of cases can shut down a, a city of millions of people. Um, so China, I, I thought, you know, mixed, you are seeing the Shanghai, the Shanghai manufacturing shutdown um, was a huge blow to growth. I would say that's probably the, the single biggest factor as far as um, this Q1 earnings season being negative. You had the guidance from Apple, Intel, Texas Instruments, a lot of big tech companies. They would have been fine if not for the Shanghai lockdown. So to the extent you can see those get lifted and Shanghai come fully back online, that is a big positive. Um, and then on Russia, Ukraine, you know, this is something that's clearly getting worse. There doesn't seem to be any sign, any any indication um, that this thing is going to be winding down soon. Um you know, Russia is now beginning to absorb the territories that it has captured in Ukraine into the Russian Federation. So imposing, um, implementing its its own government, um, you know, forcing the use of the ruble, the Russian currency, um, you know, weapons are still being shipped into Ukraine. Ukraine, um, you know, planned on launching a big counteroffensive in the coming weeks. There are reports about Russia, you know, expanding the theater of war to include Moldova. So this is something that's uh, you know clearly negative, clearly moving in the wrong direction. Um, Eurozone officials are meeting this week. You're probably going to see them agree to embargo Russian oil by the end of this year. Some exemptions may be made for countries like Hungary, um, which have been op- opposed to a full embargo. Um, you know, this not really too surprising. That's been su- strongly suggested in the media for the last several days. Um, I don't think you're going to see so this whole Russia demanding ruble payments for gas shipments. I feel like there'll be some type of a solution that gets worked out where Europe will permit those um, payments to be made without violating sanctions. But Europe is moving very rapidly away from uh, you know Russian oil and gas. It's a matter of time before that gets implemented. But I don't think you're going to see um, Gazprom due to kind of Germany what it did to Poland as far as you know imminently shutting off all shipments of gas. Um, so those are the three buckets, like I said, uh, Fed, U.S. inflation, Russia, and then China. And then on top of all that, you kind of have, again, this this post-COVID TMT bubble bursting. Um, you know, I wrote over the weekend a piece looking at the analogies between the current period and, and the late 90s tech bubble. Um, you know, there are a lot of them. You had COVID drive this kind of big artificial burst of spending for tech that drove growth for a lot of these companies. And you had the Fed um, inject massive liquidity, which helped to expand multiples. You certainly did have a tech bubble. I think you can make the case that the bubble has burst, meaning that a lot of the excesses have been wrung out of um, TMT. But it's just a question of, you know, burst bubbles don't reflate quickly. It takes a lot of time for them to kind of work off the excesses. Um, And so I think on the one hand, again, it's positive that a lot of the excesses have been wrung out, um, but it's not that's not to say you're going to see a big V-shaped rebound um, in a lot of these major tech stocks. So uh, that's kind of a, a, a very long 
update on things that are happening this morning. Um, as far as the calendar for today is concerned, you have the U.S. manufacturing ISM at 10, and then you have a couple of earnings, but we're past the peak of the earnings season. Um, you know, most of the major companies um, have already reported from kind of your critical industries of, of banks, tech, uh, industrials. You have, obviously have a few major names left to go, including Disney, but you're kind of, you are past the peak of the um, calendar Q1 earnings season. And then in, in, in a couple of weeks, we're going to get into the, the, um, the April and earnings reports, which are dominated by retail and tech. So that is everything for today. There's a lot more in the piece, so check it out. Um, and thank you everyone for listening.